This show is recorded in front of a live audience on BBS Radio. Any information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If you have or you suspect you might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of this radio show or their sponsors. People of the world, let's get Hello, Derek. This is Sarah. I just had to call you because what I have learned from you has helped me so much in my life where I really wanted to argue, but I decided to listen. Remember that that was his experience and his reality. If the guy follows through, then great. And if he doesn't, then I can just forget about it and move on. And that is like such a huge feeling of like excitement and relief, you know, because that guy is now not in my head anymore. Yeah, you're going to make a huge difference in the world. You already are, one couple at a time. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Let's Talk Relationships show, where we talk about everything related to relationships. But mostly, we talk about how to improve them. I'm your host, Derek Hart, and my co-host, Beth Holland. Hey, Derek. If you like my ideas for your relationships, I can almost guarantee that your relationships will get better. And if you don't use my ideas, well your relationships still might get better because relationships, my friends, are a big mystery and you never know if the thing you say next will hurt the person's feelings or make them laugh and come in for a hug. This is true in my life and this is most likely true in your life. There is always a path to connecting with the person right in front of you, no matter how big your conflict may be. If you stick with me for a while, you're going to learn that the path we use to resolving conflict is vulnerability. Together, let's learn how to use vulnerability, when to use vulnerability, and what the heck vulnerability even means. I'll show you why vulnerability is the secret sauce of making your relationships great. I take live callers on this show, and you can call in at 877-712-1446. That's 877-712-1446. And you can ask me how to solve your conflicts, but I ultimately want you to learn how to tap into a very deep place inside yourself that knows what to say, when to say it, and how to say it, so the person in front of you doesn't get pushed away. Now, I am a man that teaches vulnerability, and this is quite unusual, because men are allowed to get angry, and women are allowed to cry, implying women can be vulnerable. What I provide is a perspective of how men can still be strong, and sometimes access this super tender part of themselves to help bring a woman closer to them. My hope is to have women listen to what a strong man sounds like that also knows how to be vulnerable. I'm not a woman fan and I'm not a man fan. I'm a people fan. And I want nothing else than to help men and women get along better. If you're gay or bisexual or any other variation, the same principles always apply because there's usually one person who's a little more masculine and one person who's a little more feminine. This is going to be the most honest talk about men and women on the radio. The things that are hard to tell each other, we're going to learn how. We're going to stop hiding from each other and we're going to tell the truth. And we're going to learn how to listen even when we want to overreact. We're going to say a lot of things on this show that we don't want to hear and also a lot of things that we do want to hear. So let's take a caller. I believe we have Roberta on the line. So let's get to work. Hello. Hi, Roberta. What's happening with you today? In the bedroom, when me and Larry are intimate, if I decide to perform oral sex on Larry, okay, to completion, he'll make the comment of, 
do you want me to return the favor? And I don't look at it as a favor. Okay, I look at it as just being close with somebody. So when that happens, for me, it's an immediate turnoff. So then I just kind of shut down going, okay, no, I don't want that. And then I find myself avoiding intimacy completely. Yeah, I understand. Because I feel the disconnect. It's like, it's, it's not about that for me. It's about just becoming close with somebody and expressing yourself, you know, in a way that you can't express with somebody else. It's not like you're uh, trading baseball cards and trying to see who's got the better one. And... <laughs> if you... Exactly. Yeah. If you... yeah well, I never really thought of it that way, but yeah. So if I say, if I, you know, he wants to you know, be intimate and I say no, he thinks that I, he always makes a comment, you don't like sex. And I'm like, no, that's what you don't understand. I do. I love sex. I'm a very sexual, sensual person. I don't know if he just views intimacy or sex in, in general, just the word sex, as something that's dirty. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what his views are, how he, you know, how he sees things, but I don't. When that happens, I don't look at it as a favor, but, you know, but then when he says, you know, can I do, do you that favor, I'm like, well, if you feel like it's a favor, then obviously you don't want to do it because it's really not a favor to me <laughs> because I enjoy pleasuring him, you know, making him happy and, and, and getting close like that and being intimate. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a favor to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Without shutting somebody totally down, how do you bring that subject up without just saying no? You both are in the most difficult arena to be super honest about what you're feeling. And that's, that's in the bedroom, right? Right, right. Uh, you both want to get something across to each other. And, and that's the biggest risk where intimacy can happen when you're trying to share what's in your heart about your sexuality and pleasure what he hasn't done is expressed what's going on with him at all and you haven't either the truth hasn't been said okay you pleasure him uh to completion uh first of all i want to say a thing about that technically a man coming to completion having an orgasm is a great signal for the end of sex <laughs> okay okay so so I would say, you know, five to 10% of men, I'm making that up by the way, are, are so excited about sex that they'll keep wanting to pleasure the woman and their givers. I'm one of them and I know how that actually works. But generally speaking, try to have that be the last thing that you do when you're really in the sexual zone. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know what? <laughs> if at all possible. Because it's one of, one of two things happen. I, you know, he goes to sleep. <laughs> uh -huh. Sure. And he makes that comment, and then it's like, okay, well, okay. Just biologically, just physiologically, just sexually, mm -hmm. um, he'd rather not. But you know, one minute earlier, when he you know hasn't had an orgasm yet, uh, uh, he, he would be into it. it. It's it's just built into how you know how the body works okay. uh, for a man. Okay. You know, a man doesn't have an orgasm and then ever climb to the next orgasm and then ever climb to the next orgasm. It just doesn't work. You know, you know, a woman has an orgasm and sometimes she's just getting started. <laughs> True. So, right. right? So, yeah. so we're so yeah. we're totally in re we're totally in reverse here, right? Let's come down to the communication. Say his words again. Do you want me to do you a favor? At that point, the steel door goes down, and I just just shut off like a Yeah, so the best um, thing yeah. to begin with when you're trying to communicate back to him <laughs> is, mm -hmm. I love you, <laughs> right? And <laughs> I didn't do this kind of like we're in a point system here where, 
you know, because I did this for you, I'm expecting something back. That's, that's not, that's not really what's going on here. Sometimes I would like, you know, pleasure back when we're in the bedroom asking me if I want the return favor. There's something about that, that doesn't keep us in the sexual zone. It's more like we're in a debate. It's more like we're in a bartering system of who gives and who takes and, and who's done what for who. And I would love to find a way to make it sexier. Let me give you a concrete example of what I would love you to do. I would love you to just do it. I would love you to just begin pleasuring me. Do it because you want to do it. Or don't do it because you don't want to do it. Asking me the question of do you want the return favor very much makes me feel like you don't want to do it and you're willing to sacrifice. And that's a little awkward because is this really a sacrifice or do you enjoy giving me pleasure? It makes a tremendous amount of sense. Yeah. I'm shutting down the conversation because I get so frustrated with the with what he says. Yeah. Um, but also see how I can open that conversation without insulting him or making him wrong. And it was it was a very gentle way of saying, hey, you know, this, this is difficult for me and I'm uncomfortable with it. So can we do it this way? Or can you and explain to him what I want without saying you did this wrong and I don't like that. Yeah. Because I know when I make him wrong, I shut him off. So I don't want to make him wrong. Yeah. So I just find myself just saying no. You know, or I've even gotten to the point where I've said, you don't really like to do that, so don't ask. And he's like, well, yes, I do. And I'm like, well, then you wouldn't ask. Well, that's where you're making interpretations of Mm -hmm. why he's doing it that way. He doesn't want to do it. Or he is ashamed how much he wants to do it. Okay. You you actually don't know the reasons why he's saying it that way. Okay. Don't even bother f- asking or figuring out why he's doing it that way. You tell him what you love. Let me give you a shorter version. You know what I would love? I would love if you would just take me because you're great at that. Just take me. Don't ask me. That would be so hot. I would love that. That's it. That's, that would work. Okay. I'm going to use that one, Derek. Thank you. If he has a really good experience of taking you, like if he does that, if he follows through, if you want to reinforce what's just happened, give him insane amount of kudos back. Okay. Wow. Okay. That sounds easy. I can remember that. And it's communicating in a different way that that I haven't even thought of. Relationship tip. Derek talks a lot about vulnerability. When you make the decision to reveal yourself, you do risk being rejected for who you really are. You've made a statement. In some sense, you've removed your mask. Maybe you have the experience where you feel like you're not pretending anymore. If you do that from a centered place of self-love and someone rejects you, better to have it happen sooner rather than later. We are here on this earth to be known and loved for who we are. At the end of your life, you won't wish you had spent more time working hard earning more money, or collecting more possessions, you will wish you risked showing yourself fully to at least one person. Start now. Stay with us because we're coming back with more of Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart right after this. 
Does your dog have muddy, dirty paws? Well, here's your answer. The Paw Wash cleans dog's paws fast and easy. Just insert your dog's paw and leg into the device and pump up and down. The Paw Wash's unique hourglass design creates a suction of power that pulls that dirt, mud, sand or salt off the paw and leg and it stays in the device. You can clean all four paws in a little over a minute with just one fill. For retail or online sales, go to www.thepawwash.com. That's www.thepawwash.com. Hi, it's Derek Hart. Now, have you enrolled yet in dating school? Well, I know. It doesn't exist. So how are you going to deal with dating in modern society? What do you do when you get a text from somebody that just says, hey, what's up? How do you protect yourself from people that just disappear? How do you not waste your time? Should a woman ask a man out on a date? Should a man pay for dinner? How long should you wait to have sex? How do you determine if you've met somebody who wants a real-life commitment? And how do you recognize within the first week how somebody's going to treat you two years later? This is what we learn in the Relationship Mastery course. Dating school enrollment is open. Come sign up at understandeachother.com. That's understandeachother.com. What do you think? Do you have any ideas about what makes connection real and lasting and sustainable? Let us know. This is Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart on bbsradio.com. I'm Beth Holland. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to reach out, we'd love to hear from you. Toll free, 877-712-1446. Understandeachother.com. I don't feel the emotional connection with you. My soul needs that to be able to share physically and intimately. Your sexual needs aren't being met. I came in the house the other day and you were doing porn and it hurt me deeply. I understood it and I didn't want you to feel embarrassed. It makes me feel as though there's an invasion now in the house and there are other female images that you have and perhaps expectations. And I'm just dying to have a sexual connection with you. Nothing is missing but your smile. Love is the answer, don't you ask me why? Hi, it's the Text Corner. I have so many texting frustrations. I don't know how people are acting. They're over there and I'm over here. Like, I don't know what they mean. Really, do you know what anyone means when they're texting? You think you do, but do you really? I get you're happy. You don't need to send every smiley face emoji that they have. It is not an excuse to say you didn't get my text. Call me. Just call me on the phone. Make it easier. So, Derek, I am online dating, as you know, and I had an experience where a first date was at a very nice restaurant. It was a restaurant that anybody would be happy to go to, and it was a first date, so I thought, okay, I'll go to this restaurant. And the man was extremely uh, charming and gregarious and talkative, and so you could say that this first date was going really well, but... Employing this concept of how am I feeling? Do I want to spend the next 15 minutes with this guy? Do I want to spend the next 30 minutes with this guy? I had, you know, I stayed present and I had the feeling like it didn't really matter who I was. I was an audience member for this guy. Ah. Do you know what I mean? What does that mean that you were an audience member? Like, like, like you were just generic. He could have been talking to anybody. You didn't feel that he was really paying attention to you at all. Like you could just be any person. Sort of. Like I could have been actually a mannequin because he was so, I actually thought, is he on something? He's a little bit really on fire is maybe, maybe this, 
this charm and this talking is a little little bit much. So I had that thought. Yeah. It, one thing is that it it's a real thing for a person to kind of help you feel like he's really listening to you and he wasn't doing those things that made you feel like he's really there hearing you as an individual. He was kind of uh, on an automatic pilot of sorts. Yes. And also I noticed that uh, surprise, surprise, he always turned the conversation back to himself. Yeah. So I might say, oh yeah, I had that experience. And then it was right back to him. And so I took another delicious bite of whatever I was having. And I thought, well, I, I do like being in this restaurant. And that's enough for me right now is to be sitting in this beautiful, elegant restaurant having delicious morsels of food. And um, that was okay. And I, so the verdict was out. Now, here's the strange part. After the date, he walked me to my car and he was very gentlemanly. He didn't go in for any kind of, um, go in for the kill, so to speak. It was just a little, you know, friendly hug. Didn't go in for the kiss? No. And it was a friendly hug. And then he said, hey, would you text me when you get home so I know that you arrived home safely? Ah, he gave you uh, an assignment. He gave you a little homework assignment yes. for you to do. Well, he knew that I had to drive about 30 minutes to get okay. home. Okay. So I said, sure. And so I texted him when I got home and I said, home safe. Thank you for a wonderful date. Okay. That was a week ago. I never heard from, I never heard a word from him. Ah, uh, he just kind of went away. Right yeah, away. he just he just disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had some expectations that he might uh, text or call you back. Well, I think that if someone says, "Hey, will you text me when you get home?" and you do, that someone would text back, and they seem to have such a great time with you. But at this stage of the game, I think I wasn't completely shocked. Although part of me was kind of like, "What just happened?" You've kind of fallen into the zone of. Uh, he took a step towards you, and it was a step of, I'm interested, and I want to know you're home safe, and uh, I'm going to show you some interest. And then you did. You followed through, and you texted him back. The only thing you have to do is recognize that he did nothing after. So it's like he made a little micro-commitment to you, and you responded by giving him what he asked for, but then he did nothing. Just pay attention to that. And I would just flick it off like it's a big old nothing. It really doesn't matter. He didn't pursue you. He didn't do any more work to connect with you. And that's when you let it go. Well, you know, I'm honestly fine with that because even after just a few weeks of online dating, what I understand is that you do have to have a little bit of a thick skin. You toughen up a little bit. And so that's an important component of being out there. You cannot go into this just uh, the walking wounded, you know, you have to kind of be feeling pretty okay. Because frankly, it's a little bit of a flummoxed thing I felt like here a guy drops it, that dinner was at least 150 bucks. Yeah. Now, why would you do that in a first date? Seem to have a great time just smiling, talking, being very entertaining, very charming. Oh, dear, please let me know you get home safely. And then that's the end of it. You got to remember when you're on a first date that mostly you're on a you're on a date with somebody who is just having his own experience and you're having your own experience and you barely know each other. So all of the customs, all of your history, everything you think about dating, everything you think about relationships comes out all at once on that date. It has virtually nothing to do with you 
and it has uh, very little to do with what kind of connection you have made, right? right? We're all behaving with a whole set of rules. You're just observing each other's rules on that first date. That's all that's really happening. And you know, I, after this date, I had an, well, I'm, I had an observation about online dating. I thought, you know, let's say you walk into a post office on any given busy day and there's a whole line of people in there. And there could just be all shapes and sizes, ages, genders of people. Online dating is kind of like you've walked into a post office and there's people in line waiting and you're like going out with one of them. That's about as much as you might know. Like it's so random in a way. You know, what's interesting about a first date is that the only thing you really have in common is that you both want to find love and you know nothing else about each other. Now, I think it's great when you meet a new person and you have hopes and dreams and you're attracted and you get all excited. Just take a moment to realize you have no idea who this person is in front of you. That's where people get into trouble. The hormones take over and you become blind and your brain turns off and you can't make good choices. Okay, so any parting, any other parting advice about what you can do to pave the road for having a good experience on a first date? Should you do a little bit more back and forth texting or should you just dive in and get a chance to look at each other and smell each other and then, okay, whatever. How much texting should you do back and forth before a first date? Just enough to know it feels comfortable to meet in person. Get in front of the person as quickly as you can, or else you're wasting time with a lot of made-up things about who this person is. Here's something that could help you on a first date. Pay very close attention to how you're really feeling. If the other person does inappropriate behavior, puts a waitress down, talks bad about an ex-wife, pay attention to that. If she talks about her awful boyfriends, pay attention to that. Those experiences may be true for somebody, but if they're talking about it on a first date, you have a person right in front of you that's probably pretty frustrated. And that frustration may turn towards you one day soon. Also, when good things happen, pay very close attention to your expectations. For example, if a man pulls out a chair for you to sit down, that's great. You might have a gentleman. However, does he know how to listen to you? Or does he turn every conversation around back to himself? Be very careful of the meaning you make up because you want somebody to be a certain way. So if you have a texting question for Derek, come to the text corner and email Derek at understandeachother.com. I have a caller on the line and her name is Jen. Now Jen emailed me her story. Jen is dating somebody who is a woman that is transgender. Yes, she is becoming a he. Is that an important part of this call? Well, I don't know. We'll see. Jen is feeling deep feelings for this person after only two dates and has concerns about this person's previous relationship and wants to sort through if the person is emotionally available for a real commitment. Hi, Jen. So what's going on with this brand new love in your life? I already like him so much that I would hate to lose him. Aw. Uh, and I don't want to be friends because I don't need friends. So <laughs> very, I would Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would lose him and he would lose me and I know he doesn't want that. Um, And of course I could do it, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to. And I didn't really communicate that last night. I think I communicated something to the opposite because we had a phone call that was, you know, somewhat tough. So like this is a person I have so much in common with 
for music, like playing music, we both have a history of being in bands. So we're like sharing all of our old music. Mm-hmm. And it's just reminding me, like, I feel really inspired. And it's reminding me of like how much I've done. And it's so nice to have somebody that like appreciates it. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I feel I cannot believe that I've gotten so hooked on someone in like a month, you yeah. know, yeah. and two, and really just two dates yeah. because we've been constantly communicating before the first date after the first date yeah. after the second date yeah. and so in a way and this sounds weird but i feel like i've been tricked somehow you know into just hmm. like falling head over heels for somebody because i've never fallen for somebody like this yeah um at least not in the last eight years yeah so it's just i'm, I'm confused yeah he was in a four-year relationship with someone okay and, and a woman and her daughter you know lives with her and they lived together and um at some point he proposed and right afterwards she said look i really want an open relationship um okay so she 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 bailed on the deeper commitment and he got crushed probably yeah yeah, i'm assuming he got crushed okay and so she yeah she said you know i want to be with you but I, i want an open commitment and if that's not what you want then we should end it um okay. so basically like she was seeing other women okay and um he moved out yeah. of their place not so much because of that but because his daughter her sorry her daughter yeah. started being so rude and mean to him and yeah. like angry and nasty sure. to him sure. that he finally said like i'm not taking this anymore i'm gonna move out so jen in your uh email to me you said you had some frustration with his involvement with uh with his ex right yeah. So give me an idea of, of one thing that you're frustrated about. I asked him not to talk about her because he was texting for a while and mentioning her. And I, and I just said, hey, I don't want to hear about her. Like, that's not fair to me to be on a date with you hearing about, you know, a woman that potentially you're still dating that you lived with for four years, you know. So he has respected that. Mm-hmm. But now like because they've been together so long and she's starting to get a little uncomfortable because he actually likes me mm-hmm. he's he's talking to her about me and i feel really uncomfortable with that i'm like that's not fair to oh, me yeah and and so it's like you know when you're it's okay it's okay to be dating other people when you're dating it's not like we're in a committed relationship but this doesn't feel like dating for no. several reasons one no. of which is He's constantly texting me all the time, and they're really good texts other than the last two days. Um, and because it's not dating, it's someone he's been with for four years and has, you know, like a very long history with that he has to communicate about who he's dating with because she's getting jealous. And so it's very difficult. And I only started to realize because this last date we had was really good. Mm-hmm. The kissing was really good. Okay. okay. And there's this part of me that feels like I should get out of here really fast, but I don't want to. Yeah. So I feel like I want to ask you, like, am I desperate? Like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. So I'm really confused. Okay. So you have fallen in love. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Already? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So you've fallen in okay. love and welcome First of all, Thanks. you will feel <laughs> at one with the other person, and that's great. And you're supposed to. 
So if you can fall in love the way you have here and be honest about it and actually use your brain to decide if it's the right relationship for you, then you should be leading seminars on relationships. Be- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because, because, uh, just like leaving a relationship is one of the hardest things to do. Uh, what I'm describing here is one of the absolute most difficult things to do. Falling in love and having that be the unbelievably unique experience it seems to be every time when it happens and the the ideas of that you'll never ever find someone quite like this all yes, the, all, exactly. uh, all the stuff of falling in love is happening right now and you have just oh actually if i had violin music i'd play it right now oh jeez <laughs> which which is you've been shown that he's emotionally tied to someone else in a big, big, big way. Yeah. The level of feeling in love with this person and the level of unavailability are in direct, are in total conflict now. Uh, his level of unavailability. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you're at with your level of availability, your, yeah. your level of availability and, and how much you've been preparing to be totally spaciously open emotionally. Yeah. Also contributes to how unbelievably unfair it is for him to not be available like you are. Huh. Oh yeah. There's no way that's okay. Right. So what so what does that mean? Like I just need to express then I mean, do I have to tell him I'm in love with him already? A bigger truth does need to get said, which is if I continue spending time with you, I'm going to want to be in a relationship with you. Yeah. And that has already happened for me to where I know that is something that I would probably want fairly soon. And your involvement with this other person deeply concerns me. And I don't want to head into a train wreck. Well, I, I mean, I already have, I feel like I already have. You, you have, but you're, you're not in, you're not in something that's going to take like six months of grieving. No. That's right. So that's no. that's this is not a train wreck. This is this is this is you slipped on the curb on your bicycle and and fell and, <laughs> and, and need one band aid. Okay. That's about okay. it. That's about. I mean, okay. maybe a little more. Maybe than a big band. Maybe a big. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> maybe a maybe a big band aid. Relationship tip. When you're at the start of a relationship with somebody, your gut will tell you if there's another person who has unfinished business with your new love. Or if you're a person who knows in their heart that there's someone else still in there and you're out meeting new people and you find yourself talking about your ex on dates, then you yourself might not be available and maybe you shouldn't be dating quite yet. This is Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart. And now this. Hi, Tom Baudette. Now that Motel 6 has renovated their rooms, I figured I'd get a little work done myself. They got new bathrooms, bed linens, and flat screen TVs. I got rid of my jowls and turkey neck. But while Motel 6 makes travel painless by saving you more for what you travel for, I'm still in quite a bit of pain. Though you could never tell by the permanent smile on my face, I'm Tom Baudette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the lion for you. Book online at motel6.com. 
Why aren't you eating, princess? I can't even look at you. I prepared it specially. It's your favorite. Do you expect me to eat this? Do you know who I am? Oh, just try a little bit. I have family members who could hunt you down and kill you. Not even a nibble? You would vanish like this. Nothing left of you, just bones and bits of greasy hair. Oh, what's the matter? Your food offends me. I'm not sleep with you tonight. Princess, could come back. No. I'm going to go and sit on patio and stare at you until you give me what I want. Oh, and by the way, I have done big poo in Slipper. Oh, princess. If cats could talk, they'd demand a gourmet meal from Pro Diet. This has been another exciting edition of Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart on bbsradio.com. I'm Beth Holland. Would you like to call? Toll-free 877-712-1446. We'd love to hear from you. The website to find out more, understandeachother.com. I have two men that I'm that I'm sexual with. They're not really the right fit for me. I'm getting a lot of my I'm getting my needs met from these men that aren't the right fit. Should I stay with where I'm at or should I close the door on the two men that I'm seeing? If I want to meet someone who's available, I need to make myself available. I don't want to go back with you. Listen to that, please. I don't want to go backwards with you. I want all of you, just you with me, and living the life that I have and that I want and that I'm creating, or nothing at all. I want all or nothing. Teach me what is wrong or right. Okay, I have a caller on the line named Kaveri, and she emailed me and described some work relationships that she's having that are problematic. So, hi, Kaveri. Uh, tell me, what is the, what's really the heart of the matter? What's going on here? The heart of it is I have people in my life that, in my work life and home life, that speak harshly to me. Uh, disrespectfully in my book or the way I see things. Mm-hmm. And then my reaction, because it's a trigger for me from early prior, mm-hmm. is um, there's like a shutdown. Like, I won't often say anything, but I'll like, distance, you know, disconnect. And it pisses them off more. Mm-hmm. And then they make it about me being rude. Mm-hmm. It's really like an interesting pattern. They're saying the things to me that they were doing and they initiated it. Yeah. This is a pivotal, th- this is like really up for me now to heal. It's a big deal. I made some progress with my housemate, like actually a lot. But the part that I'm not sure about is what to do in a, in my work situation. Are you at risk at work with like, if you speak up at all, you have super unfair management that you could actually truly get fired if you start speaking your mind a little bit? Is that real? Um, It's not a straight answer because I've already spoke up to a high level manager because she, okay. she's abusive. She yells at, she yells a couple of times. I've stood up to her very, you know, I really okay. proud of myself. I didn't get caught up. I just basically said, if you continue to yell, I'm going to walk away. And then she would keep yelling and I'd walk away. Have you recorded any of it? No, it happens so infrequently. She's been, with the company 25 years and this is just what she does so it's known and it's also happened with a couple other co-workers same thing they would come to me and say something very like like i feel attacked and then you know i defend and then they report me you want to work you want to work on your defensiveness right i want to so what i want to work on and i'm already making progress even at work with this particular manager is i've doubled up my attentiveness to her and she loves it you know it's like, can I, can I help you with, you know, in a real way? Can I help you? Yeah. Too? 
So, which I didn't used to do before because I would keep the distance because I was afraid of her. But I'm, no, I'm not really sure. afraid of her. I just don't want the confrontation. Yeah, yeah. So in, in my sharing all this, I'm attempting to bring all this up out in the open and give it air. And I notice yeah. when I do that, it makes that trigger or the, the subconscious or unconscious piece of, of me. And this has happened in the past as well. It's like it diminishes. Yeah, because I'm giving it air and light. So are you are you a, are you a deer in the headlights when when people are upset with you, angry at yes, you? Do you very beca- much do you so. become a deer in the headlights? Yes, I, I, yes. Okay. So so imagine this supervisor yelling at you right now. Just like put that in your mind, mm-hmm. right? Like it, like the nastiest one and double it, and that's coming at you. Okay. That's just that's just completely coming at you right now, right? And it's harsh. Okay. So can you feel that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know it's exhausting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, 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 say, say this sentence. Um, wow, you seem so frustrated. Right. Wow, you seem so frustrated. That must that must feel frustrating. How can I help? Right. That must feel frustrating. How can I help you? Yeah. You, you will rarely have a person that continues to yell and scream and fight when you right. say that. It's really. I want to say that, but it doesn't. It hasn't happened yet. No, it has happened actually in my house situation. I have made yeah. progress there, so I've done it. I actually yeah. broke the pattern one time. Those people that are so frustrated with you are not figuring out um, how can I make Kaveri feel bad and and cause her to have low self esteem and how can I make her day miserable? They're actually thinking I have so much frustration and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to communicate and I am frustrated and I'm can't stop thinking about myself. Right. That's what those people are busy doing. Yeah. You can disarm people by saying something like that. You can disarm the most frustrated person. Right. And I know all that. It's, it's just that it's the trigger that happens. I've made progress. Like, I have actually been able, I don't, I'm actually not afraid of her. Okay. And a lot of people are. And mm-hmm. I actually secretly think that, she, I actually think she respects me, actually. If, if you do what I'm saying, yeah. she will, um, eventually, you don't even ever, ever have to talk about this. Because we're not talking about romance here, we're kind of in the workplace. So that's when you get into realizing how to shape other people's behavior based on what you do. You, you do this a few times, probably even just once or twice, she will not yell at you anymore. Right. She's going she's gonna to pick someone else too. Right. And then she's going to look to you and, and, and kind of feel like, how am I doing? Was that okay? You know, she will look to you for validation if you validate her that way. I, I guarantee it. And if you cannot remember this at all and you, you think this trigger is like one of the biggest things that happens to you, wear a rubber band around your finger. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got to do something because I love my job and the last two days are the first time in two years that I haven't wanted to go to work. So I really need to take some action. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm entertaining leaving. But see, that's my MO, leaving. Yeah. Someone behaves that way to me, I'm out of here. Do you have access to her uh, office? Yeah, she. I support her. She's in my office. Proactively check in with her. Join with her and how much life sucks for a moment. So you, so you check in with her. You say, you know, how's it going for you? I am having the most crappy day. I ordered something, you know, at Starbucks and like they spilled it on me. And like my, I got burned, you know, something real, just something that, you know, yeah. I'm having a crappy day. How about you? Oh, okay. Never thought to do that. Join with her and how frustrated she is probably in her entire life. 
If she's yelling at you at work? No, her, her entire life, yes. Her entire life is a disaster. Yeah, interesting. Disaster, but, um, man, she's so freaking wealthy. And she and she's totally unhappy. She's totally alone, and I see it. It's just she's sad. Yeah, sad. yeah, yeah. And, and you, you actually showing interest. Uh, you know, she may yell at you again and again, but the third time, she's not gonna. I, I thank you for reminding me. I had a husband that the same dynamic happened, and I yep. was able to get to that point of just saying, "I'm, I want to talk with you, but I need you. I need to talk with you when you're calmer." And he tried three more times, and it he stopped. And I was able to do it in a, such a gentle way without making him wrong. And I got to the point where um, I could see when he was going to start to yell because his eyes would start flickering. And I could just tell, I could see it rising and I would stop it before it hit. So mm. I've done it. So thank you for reminding me. I know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah. And, and another thing, you know, someone's really angry and being rageful even towards you. You know, I know it's like, you know, we got to learn how to not take that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, uh, if you can say to the person, wow, you are so angry. I get it. That must be that. That must be so frustrating right now. You change the world. You repat. You repattern your brain about what it means to be, quote unquote, abused. Right. And you repattern the other person's brain in that you just are telling them, I know you're human. Humans get angry. That sucks for us, doesn't it, as a species? Feel complete? I do. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Relationship tip. We all have more power than we think when it comes to how we interpret and respond to the words and behaviors of others. When someone else is frustrated and angry, whether it's a spouse, colleague, parent, or child, we do not have to respond with defensiveness and more anger. We can override the perfectly natural knee-jerk reaction to respond in anger if we choose to. Then we will realize that changing this pattern, responding gently to others that are frustrated, is what changes the world for the better. With practice, the phenomenon of responding with understanding, validation, and yes, even kindness to someone else's rage and accusations can become easier and more intuitive as you experience the magic of what happens when you disarm the other. If one person refuses to fight or defend or counterattack, something else will happen. And it doesn't mean you're weak or sweeping important issues under the carpet. On the contrary, it's the strong person who changes the tone and the content of the conversation when they show wisdom and vulnerability in this way and paves the way to true communication and understanding. Okay, so let's talk relationship with Derek Hart, and we're going to be back right after this. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? 
Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? A voice in your ear can take you anywhere. Audible. Get your first audiobook for free and feel every word. $7.99 a month after 30-day trial. Starts automatically. Terms apply. I'm Beth Holland. This is Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart on bbsradio.com. Toll-free 877-712-1446 is how you can get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Understandeachother.com is the website. You certainly don't deserve to have someone that's cheated on you and ran away from you, abandoned you, and all that stuff. I'm tremendously sorry for any pain that I've caused you, and I stand in judgment of it, whether you judge me or not. We could be completely together, like extraordinary, really just propelling our life and being light for other people and helping them. I don't like other people. I know you don't. Neither do I. <laughs> you walk with me and you talk to me. Guide me through the darkest night. Teach me what is wrong. Hi, Susan. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Detroit, Michigan. I have a couple of things I've been thinking a lot about lately. I'm 54 and I have a relationship history that nobody in their right mind would be jealous of. I've been married and divorced three times. Okay. And I have one son. Okay. And I've been doing a lot of work on myself. And I find that the more I practice self-love, the less I'm interested in even thinking about getting into a relationship with somebody. I hear you. Sounds like you're a little bit burned out. Can I assume you've maybe formed some beliefs about dating, about men? Well, okay, so number one, when I see a guy who looks put together, there's always a woman in his life, whether he's married or has a steady girlfriend or whatever. And then if I see a guy who looks like he's the right age for me or so forth, and then he's falling apart and he doesn't have a woman in his life, but he's a you know, disaster. Like, why would I want to be involved with him? You only have these two choices, it sounds like. It's not, it feels like it. Because when I just observe what's going on around me, it seems like when men are in relationships, I know it's a huge generalization, but sure. it seems like the men who are really functioning well, they're always in, in a relationship. And then the other ones that are available are like not the least attractive, look like they're falling apart. So that I've already been there, done that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody I have to fix. You know, there there is something to be said about, you know, it it being a generalization. Uh you, you know, <laughs> the, so you know, the the first thing I want to say is how much it does come from you in in what you observe out there in the world and what you choose to let in. So it sounds like you've got two categories of men you don't want to date. The one that's uh, lo- looks like he has his act together and he is unavailable and taken. And the one that uh, is totally available, it looks like a mess. So that actually sounds like you'll spend less time pursuing uh, relationships like that. You know, can, so can you kind of flick? <laughs> can you kind of flick those off your uh, shoulder and just kind of be willing to see something new in the world? Oh, I'm definitely willing to see something new. Yeah. Would you know it if you saw it? Probably. I do feel like I've figured out what's wrong with me. Like I've identified my problem. Oh, what's and, that? What's that? Yeah, my problem is attachment. Okay. I didn't um, form that right when I was a child. Yeah. So that I feel like when I'm in a relationship, there's a, a certain amount of anxiety involved. And then I'm always feeling like I'm the one that has to do the hard, the heavy lifting in the relationship. Yeah. 
and that, you know, whenever I sought help from my partner to deal with something really heavy or difficult, it was like, yeah, like, I'm busy over here. You take care of it yourself. Or, you know, and I, and I know a lot of that is me taking that on. Yeah. And I think it's a fear of opening up to be totally vulnerable because I've been hurt over and over and over. Yeah. And I, you know, I would like to heal from that, but I don't really know how to do that. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for changing your choices and who you pick. But what I'm a really big fan of is uh, vulnerability. And let's just pretend that you were in a relationship with somebody new and you found yourself getting into that pattern of, you know, you know, something emotionally comes up that's difficult to deal with and you're the only one willing to talk about it. You know, what happens a lot and tell me if this happens for you is that you either get kind of quiet and silent and hide it because you don't want to upset, you know, the, the relationship or you begin to get critical and start judging the man and push him away. Do, do either of those two things happen for you? Probably primarily hide it and then some criticism or pushing away. Yeah. Because the way I see a lot of women show vulnerability to, to get their needs met, let's put it that way, they cry or they, you know, they fall apart. Yeah. And then the man, and I've seen this, they instantly go into damsel in distress mode and they're like, oh, what's the matter? And they want to be all helpful and everything. And even though that works for a lot of women, it's always been like this huge turnoff for me. So I've, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing that. I have not been able to identify healthy ways to get my needs met. Because just coming out and saying it like, hello, we're two rational beings. This is what I need from you. It hasn't worked for me in the past. Yeah. The, the internal work... Let's just say that's, you know, that's a journey, right? That's a journey of how to get better at this and that will take time. But the one area that I really like to talk about a lot and, and, and explain uh, exactly the steps to do is vulnerability. Let's just pretend that you were in a situation like this and you saw yourself kind of hiding from telling the truth with a man. If you either hide or you get critical, there's, there's a gray area in there of how to say it in a little bit of a different way. If you said to a man something like, I'm feeling like I want to share something with you and I'm a little nervous about doing that because I usually hide and don't say the truth when I, I'm upset in a relationship. So would you be willing to listen to me talk about that? Would you help me uh, get really real you know, about my feelings? Can you kind of feel how different mm -hmm. that is starting with something like that? Yeah, sure. It doesn't include criticism of him and it doesn't mm -hmm. start a conversation with, you know, putting him on the defensive right away by saying, you know, something's wrong or that, that, you know, he's doing something wrong. The truth is that you're trying to challenge yourself to be more honest and open and if you ask a man for a little help in doing that, boy, men sure respond to that much better. I've looked at your videos and thought long and hard about some of the things that you say. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. It's very eye-opening. Great. And I am willing to try something new. So I've spent all this time and money and energy on myself yep. since I was, you know, in my 20s. Yep. I've gone to therapists. I've tried, 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 tried to be healthy in a relationship and I've failed. And yeah. so then I figure, well, why don't I just give up? Yeah. <laughs> 
But then that pull towards wanting to have love and connection is so darn strong, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess so. Let's come back to what I was saying a second ago and let's look at, you know, kind of the truth of how a scenario like that might play out. So if you said something like, you know, I, I'm scared to say this, I'm having some feelings about this, would you listen to me? And then the man still feels a little uh, put off or like he doesn't want to talk about it. What happens then is you might make yourself feel wrong or like you're you're crazy for even doing it or like you're uh, you, like you messed things up. Can you can you see how that could happen? Yeah. There's some things to do at that point. And one of them is to really recognize, wow, I was really honest. I didn't criticize. I asked for help. I was real. And I didn't, I don't think I pushed him away. And he is not responding. And that's not what I want to have in my life. So I'm going to just back away a little bit. That's actually a really difficult thing uh -huh. to do to change yourself. That's actually something very specific to do inside yourself to heal this issue, to step back, observe and watch and wait and listen after you do something that's that honest. Uh -huh. Or another thing to do is to be even more vulnerable, right? Which would be something like, you know, I just shared something with you and it was really hard to do and we're not really talking about it still and, and and I'm really sad that makes me really nervous about how we solve problems together mm -hmm. long-term counseling can do a whole lot of things to kind of build up your confidence and 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 help you with self-esteem and self-worth but learning very specific ways to talk differently to to reach out honestly without pushing the other away that's what i think is kind of the biggest components of what i like to help people with relationship tip when you're talking to a new love ask yourself are my words pressuring them when you say things too early in dating such as i need to know that you're available for me or i want to know if you're in love with me i am with you or you're perfect for me how do you feel about that the other person might feel pressure from your statements, and then they won't have the bandwidth to answer you well. It's a guarantee for frustration for both of you. They feel pressure and can't think through a good answer, and you never get the clarity you're looking for. This is not a train wreck. You slipped on the curb on your bicycle and, and fell and, and, and need one band-aid. Okay. That's about okay. it. That's about, I mean, okay. maybe a little more. Maybe that. a big band-aid. Maybe a big... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. Maybe a, maybe a big band-aid. Well, that's a wrap-up of today's show. It's Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart on bbsradio.com. I'm Beth Holland. Would you like to join the conversation or just let us know you're listening? We'd love to hear from you. It's toll-free, 877-712-1446. The website to find out more, understandeachother.com. We appreciate you and we hope you make it a great day.